Minute Sermon, a podcast from the Reverend George Pink. I'm a fan of really old church buildings. When I lived in the UK for a while, I loved being able to easily visit the beautiful cathedrals there. Even the local parish church I worshipped at was a thousand years old. I enjoy meeting God in places where people have done so for a very long time. To me, there's something powerful about worshipping in a location where Christians have done so for many centuries. I believe that physical places of worship can help us sense the presence of God. And such places have been important for a long time. In the Old Testament, the temple in Jerusalem was understood to be the primary place of God's presence. It was his home. It was where God lived. The background to the passage we're going to hear today from the book of Ezra is that Jerusalem and its temple have been destroyed and the people have been taken into exile. Nicky Gumbel explains that the greatest loss for the people of God was the destruction of the temple because this was the place where they worshipped God and experienced his presence. But as we hear in this short reading from Ezra chapter 1, there is hope. The people of God will return from exile and they will rebuild the temple. Let's take a listen. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you. Wherever the Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute towards their expenses by giving them silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock, as well as a voluntary offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. That's the beginning of Ezra chapter 1. The passage goes on to say that God stirred the hearts of the priests, the Levites and the leaders to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of the Lord, and their neighbours did help. They gave them silver and gold, supplies for the journey and livestock. This is a significant moment in the history of God's people. They are returning from exile, and the temple is once again an important part of their identity, as it had been for some time. Earlier in the Old Testament, the tabernacle had been the dwelling place of God. But since the time of the first temple being built, that was where people went to meet with the divine. The temple was God's home. If we skip ahead to the New Testament, we find the amazing idea that Jesus is the new temple. The Christian scriptures say that the glory and presence of God is found in Christ. In the Old Testament, the temple was the place where God dwelt. In Colossians, Paul writes that in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In the Gospels, just before the Passover, Jesus goes up to Jerusalem and he clears the temple courts. He makes a whip out of cords and drives the sheep and cattle out. He scatters the coins of the money changers and flips over their tables. He tells the people selling doves to get them out of there and to stop turning his father's house into a market. The Jewish leaders challenge his authority to do all this. Jesus answers by saying that if they destroy this temple, he will raise it again in three days. They think this is crazy because the temple has taken decades to build. But the temple he's talking about is his body. The temple was the place where people met with God. It was the meeting place of humanity and divinity. 
Jesus Christ was both fully human and fully God. And so he is the meeting place of humanity and divinity. Jesus is the temple. If you're anything like me, you find that a pretty incredible idea. The divine presence dwelled in this human who was also God. It dwelled in Jesus. But what's even more remarkable is that we can actually say the same thing about us and God's presence. Now, unlike Jesus, we are obviously not God. We're just human. But God's presence also dwells in us. We are now the temple. The church building that the New Testament speaks of is a building made of people. Ephesians says that the church is the new holy place with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. That is the message translation of Ephesians 3.20. So this holy temple is founded on Jesus, the chief cornerstone. This temple is one made of living stones. In other words, people like you and me. Jerusalem was so important for the people of God because that was where they met with him. The temple was God's home. But now the people are the place. Now the church, a building made of people, is God's home. The holy temple in the Old Testament was preparation for the temple of the church where the Holy Spirit dwells. But wait, there's more. Not only does the Spirit live in the church, he also lives in each one of us. We are now the meeting place of humanity and divinity. Through the Holy Spirit, God is with us and in us. Our bodies are temples of his Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? I began the sermon by talking about my appreciation of really old church buildings. I love worshipping God in these beautiful sacred spaces where people have done so for centuries. But I'm also aware that we don't actually need a physical place to worship God. He is not confined to temples, cathedrals or church buildings. God is present with us and in us. By his spirit, we are temples in which God lives. In a sense, we are his home, because God lives in us. Seven Minute Sermon, a podcast from the Reverend George Pink. 